Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I need to be assured of the gospel. I need to understand how I got saved, um, by what means I was saved, um, how I'm going to stay saved. Because if I'm not assured of these things, my walk is going to be real unstable. I'm going to be feeling saved today and lost tomorrow. Some people walk is like that. Every time they fall, they think they lost again. You know, oh, I, you know, I, I yelled at the kids. I'm, I'm going to go forward Sunday, you know, and it's like, understand the gospel, right? How you got saved, the means by which you were saved and the, the, the security in, in your salvation. Have you ever stood for something you know is right and lost it all? This can be one of the most difficult things to do. And when it's all said and done, Sometimes we have regrets after seeing everything we've lost. Today, Pastor Bill wants you to know that you need to stand up for what you believe in, regardless of the ramifications. Even if you have everything you could possibly want, if you're compromising your beliefs, it's all for nothing. Don't back down and let God's power work through you to stand firm. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. We were in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and we covered verses 1 through 12. And so it opened up with Paul telling them that in the end times or in the last days that he was explaining what the times would be like. He said they would be perilous times. And he started to describe the way that people would be behaving during that time. And so um, they were lovers of self, lovers of pleasure, lovers of everything except God. And it went on to describe in great detail what it would be like in that time on the earth. And then Paul continued on to speak about the tribulation or some of the persecution that he was enduring as a Christian and how that, again, Paul is ministering to young Timothy and he's saying, I'm getting ready to go. Paul's getting ready to die. And he's letting Timothy know, hey, this is what it's going to be like. It's not going to be easy, but I always tell you guys, it won't be easy, but it'll be what? I'm a, oh, man, y'all don't know. It won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. Mark that down. Lock that in. That you, your walk with God won't be easy, but it'll be worth it if you stay in it. If you quit, then it won't be it's messed up. But uh, it, it won't be easy, but it will be worth it. And so Paul is ministering these truths down to Timothy. And the last thing we looked at was verse 12. I told you guys it was one of the uh, promises that won't make the precious promise books. Second Timothy 3.12, Paul said to Timothy, he said, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. And so if it is your desire to live a godly life and to glorify Jesus with your life in this world, he said, you're going to have some persecution. And so that's an important truth to know because many people start walking with the Lord and they, they take God serious. and They begin to live according to the word and believe what the word says. And they enter into a little bit of hardship, a little bit of persecution, lose a couple friendships. And they start complaining, God, I, I was being, I was doing everything God wanted. Look what he did to me. And God, you know, as though God promised, if you walk with me, it's going to be good. If you walk with me, everything's going to be great. God said, if you walk with him, this is it. It'll be worth it. If you walk with God and you die, where do you go? To heaven. If you walk with God in obedience in this earth, even though it's difficult, God's with you in the difficulty. And so we don't want to try to avoid persecution and tribulation and difficulty, we want to make sure that whatever God allows, that we're going through it with him. And so we pick up at verse 13. So 2 Timothy chapter 3 now, verse 13, Paul says this, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, 
deceiving and being deceived. And so Paul says, look, it's going to be a difficult time. There's going to be persecution. All who desire to live this way are going to suffer it. He says, but this, and that, that but means, but it's, it's a change of direction. He says, but evil men and imposters are going to grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So something that we shouldn't be shocked about uh, in the times that we're living in is the, the advancements. We see many false teachers as we see many people with Bibles, as we see many false beliefs, as we see many imposters, people faking the funk, deceiving and being deceived, we should say, wow, that's just what the Bible says. Sometimes we see these things and people get confused. They're like, I don't understand. How come, how come there's so many different beliefs? If, you know, how come there's so many different roads and so many different ways and people get all flustered if you would just read your Bible? You would look around and say, wow, this is exactly what God said it would be like. Crazy. I was driving yesterday and we saw on the corner of Crenshaw Century, you know, these men and they were dressed in, it, it almost looked like guys were dressed for a, 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 a church play. Like they were Roman, you know, guards or something like that. And they were standing on the corner and very vigorously, you know, preaching. And my daughter's like, dad, what, 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 what is that? What are they? Is that a church? Is that a choir? I'm like, nah, this is going to Hebrew Israelites. And, um, and I won't even go into all that with you guys, but it's, it's some high level foolishness. But you're looking at them, it's like they have a Bible out, um, specifically a King James 1611 version Bible. Um, they, it's confusing to people. People, I think non-believers look at all these different things and say, Jehovah's Witness was at my door Saturday morning. And then I see the brothers on the corner with them crazy outfits screaming out the Bible. And then I seen the weird dude at the whatever and I'll, you know, forget it. I think what some people do is it, it just it just turns them off to everything. And I think that's what Satan wants. Just uh, I'm going to make this thing. I'm going I'm to I'm have so many fraudulent people out there with this thing that that people will just say, I, I can't figure this out. I'm not going to bother to study the Bible and see what it says. And so Paul telling Timothy is you're ministering in the last days. It's going to be like that. It's going to be impossible to be fake things everywhere. Just be ready for that. Don't be shocked by it. Don't be put off by it. Don't be discouraged by it. Uh, when you see it happening, be aware that, wow, I am, I am in this season. I am living in the last days. That's what it's going to be like. And then he's going to give further instruction. So how do we live then? So many different beliefs, so many different things out there. People using the Bible to say the same Bible to say three different messages. You know, what do you go with? Which one do you believe in? Which one don't you go with? Uh, we're going to see as we continue in our message this morning. So evil men and imposters will grow. Notice being deceived. So they're, they're deceiving others while being deceived themselves. Verse 14, then another, another but. Because but Timothy, this is what you must do. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from who you have learned them. And that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul says, Timothy is going to be going on, but you, you be careful. man. You, you make sure that the things that you have been taught, you know who you've learned from. Who, who taught Timothy? Anybody know? Paul taught him, his mother, his grandmother, right? He's had a godly heritage. Uh, we'll come back to that in just a minute. But he had mom and grandma dropping word on him. And then he, then he got in a relationship with the apostle Paul. He said, know the people that you learn from. Is your mom's walk solid? Absolutely. Grandma's walk solid? For sure. Paul's walk solid? Be careful who you learn from. I want to point out that he didn't just learn from one person. He, Paul didn't say everything you just got from me. He said, hey, you've learned from some other good people. Be careful of any group that that or any person that wants to make you feel like you can only get it from them. Oh, you, you where'd you go this Sunday? You went. Oh, oh, that, that, be careful of that. That's that's cultish. Right. 
no one man is 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 the only one man that can preach the Bible. Um, they're good ministers in a lot of different places. We got to be careful where we go and to whom we go. But there's no one group. There's no one person. There's no one. I can't say, guys, if you if you go to any other church except Calvary Chapel, you know, it's just not going to be right. You could just probably leave Calvary Chapel at that point. Um, that this no one has a lock on God's truth like that. So be careful of any group that suggests that they do. Uh, be careful of any group that suggests that. No, don't. I know your mom said this and your grandma said this, but come to our group and and we'll we'll fix everything up for you guys. Don't go anywhere else but to our group only forever. That's we have the lock on the truth. You can almost be assured that's a cult. And so Paul says, "Hey, who know who you've learned from? Grandma, mom, and the Apostle Paul." This is important too because he says, "And." Um, which you have learned and been assured of the things that Paul has learned. He's also been assured. How do we get assured of truth? The Bible says that when we get saved, what is God? What, what comes to live inside you the moment you get saved? Holy Spirit. Right. So when you're saved and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you, the Bible says that God's spirit living in you will bear witness with his spirit. Like the, the Holy Spirit will bear witness of truth. Anybody ever heard truth? And it's just you're, the, the spirit of God that lives in you. And you say, yes. And amen. you just you're hearing and you know, and you're this is the truth. And it's ministering to you. God said, you've been assured of these truths. It's not stuff that you don't have to you don't have to seek any further. You know the way you know the gospel. You've been assured of these things. There's some truths that we need to be assured of. I can't be this far along in my relationship with a God trying to figure out the gospel. Um, I need to be assured of the gospel. I need to understand how I got saved, um, by what means I was saved, um, how I'm going to stay saved. Because if I'm not assured of these things, my walk is going to be real unstable. I'm going to be feeling saved today and lost tomorrow. Some people walk is like that. Every time they fall, they think they lost again. You know, oh, I... You know, I, I yelled at the kids. I'm, I'm going to go forward Sunday, you know, and it's like understand the gospel, right? How you got saved, the means by which you were saved and the, the, the security in, in your salvation. Paul tells Timothy, you've been assured of these truths and knowing from whom you've learned them. And then notice verse 15 and that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise, uh, wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to say this about children, right? Paul tells Timothy that you, you, you've, been, you, you've been receiving this truth since you were a child. Um, you, you've learned the scriptures. You've been, you've been taught the scriptures since you were a child. You know, they're able to make you wise for salvation. I just want to point out that whatever Paul's mom and grandma's ministry was, we don't know when Paul got saved, but we know that the scriptures that would lead him and make him wise for salvation were poured into him as a child. Sometimes parents, um, and I think this is important, I, I, I had the benefit and the privilege of doing just high school ministry for about 11 years, working with kids alone. And over the course of the time, I would tell you that it was a much more difficult ministry than ministering to adults. Most of you adults got in a car this morning, you woke up, you dressed yourself on purpose, you put clothes on your body and you drove here say, I want to go to church today. And you're here and I get to talk to you. The word of God, you came for it. Very different than standing in front of a high school group. Um, you stand in front of a hundred some high school kids. None of them um, got up on their own. Someone said, get up, boy, get up, girl. You know, a small percentage of them get up on their own. They want to be there. They, they came to serve. They came to, to receive. But majority of them were woken up like a school day. Get up. We're leaving at this time. Get dressed. We're leaving at this time. Get in the car. We're going right. And they've been brought and then they get dropped off and they're there and I got them. 
and they're looking at you like, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> I, you know, that's, that's the difference of adult ministry and high school ministry. But this is what I learned over time. There were some kids that won the war, right? Mom and dad come to church and they stay at home and play Xbox or sleep. Um, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. It's making me, it's making me, it's making me hate God more if you make, keep making me go and whatever. And they, they quit going and they don't have to go and they stay at home. But now the word that's able to make them wise for salvation, they're getting none of it. None of it. Um, and I, I would tell parents this. You can't let a non-believer tell you what they need. You know what a non-believer needs. They're spiritually dead. They can't tell you what they need. You have to be the adult and the parent and take them to get what they need. And so we bring our children, we bring our kids, we take them in because why? Because the scriptures that can make them wise for salvation are going to be spoken at this place. And I want to bring them to hear it. Now, how many of your kids wake up and say, I'm excited to go to school today, mom? Most of, not most of our kids, right? But you make them go to school. Because why? Because they're going to go to school because that's important to you. I, I, again, I challenge parents this. Don't make that this important and make receiving from the Lord down here. Well, this is what they got to do. And this right here, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not. Um, I'd rather my kid go to hell dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> go to heaven dumb than go to hell smart. Forgive me. I, I said that wrong. I'd rather my kid go to heaven dumb than go to hell smart. Now, obviously, we can have both. If they can go to heaven smart, I'll, that's a win-win. But um, if I had to pick one, um, that's, that's the way I'm picking. So Paul is telling Timothy, look. The scriptures that have made you wise for salvation, you have known since childhood. So I do encourage you, parents, to bring your children. Bring the little ones. Let them, let them be nourished in the word. Bring the little kids. They're up there right now. And someone has prepared a message for them and a lesson for them. And they're receiving it on Thursday nights. Bring them out. There's Miss Monica and some of they, they prepared things for the kids to just to, to have fun. It's at their level, but it's also they're, they're getting sewn in biblical truth. They're being ministered to. Um, I look at my kids that they've been raised up in church. It was just never an option. Um, it was never something. My kids have never known anything else. Like we get up Sunday and we go to church. Just like you're going to get up Monday and go to school. You know, it's just an automatic. It's just since they were in nursery, in diapers, we were taking them and we were going. My mom, my wife was in the, she was in the nursery nurse, you know, at our old church. They had a room. One day we'll be, we'll have it like that. It was a room with a tenant window and speaker system where the moms that are nursing babies could sit in there and nurse their babies and hear and watch this stuff, but you can't see into them because obviously they're, you know, they're doing what mommy's doing, all that kind of stuff. So it was like a, it was like a, like a tenant window, limo tent type thing. They could see out, but you couldn't see in. Pretty cool. Um, one day, one day we're going to have a building. I'm going to make a nursing, because we got babies. I'm going to make a big nursing mama's room. So, um, but you know, the, 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 these kids have been just receiving the word. That's their whole life. And many of you guys, you've been raising your kids in that way. Um, don't be discouraged. Um, once again, I've seen when kids finally do come around and they finally do get right. And this is what this is the difference, right? You can have a kid that's been I've been brought to church my whole life, but I haven't committed to it. So I have the information, but I don't have the heart for it. But in a moment, God can capture their heart. And now now that he has their heart, you sewn in all this information. They, they got a jump start on your average new believer because mom and dad sewed it in all these years. It's not taken away. The word of God sewn into a heart. It does not return void. Don't you got to know that the word of God, it, it, it does not return void, but it accomplishes everything God sent it to do. That was a word God gave me when I was doing high school ministry, because I I won. I got invited by my pastor. He said, hey, come do Wednesday night for me. And I was all, I said, oh, I'm going to do Wednesday night. And I remember I, I, I went from doing my youth night Wednesday night and I went and did his service. And I went to his service and I said, hey, everybody turn to this verse. I just heard Bible pages turning. And I was like, what? They're all, 
they're all, they're all going there. And I said, you know, if you're writing notes, write this down. And you just look out and pins are going. I'm, oh, and I, I remember that night, I remember going, I'm like, God, I want to do, do adults. They, like, they want this. You know, I'm studying all week and they, they want it, you know. And, and I remember, you know, pleading and crying to the Lord about that. And God said, no, no, you go back to them high school kids and you do it. But my word does not go out void, but it accomplishes everything I send it to you. If you believe that by faith, you'll study like they're turning their pages like the adults. And you'll preach to them like they're writing notes like the adults. And it won't go out void. And God said, you're going to do that one by faith. And so, so I continued, you know, six more years with them high school kids. And it was a blessing. Years later, there's fruit from it. So... All that to say to you parents, Paul is reminding Timothy, you, you've been aware of this since your childhood. And so I just want to encourage the parents that are maybe struggling with that, um, that, you know, trying to get them up. And maybe you've thought about maybe just let them stay home. Then. It's just a, such a big fight. It's a fight that you need to win consistently um, because to give up that fight, you can't fight. Like sometimes fighting for your kids means fighting with them. Right. They don't know what they need yet. You got to win those wars. And so if you start losing battles and losing wars, you're going to start losing your kids. And so um, don't give up. Don't be a, don't be a pushover spiritually battle for your kids, whatever the cost. It's worth it. All right. So moving on, he says that from childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Um, last thing, just, you know, just the scriptures so the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. If I'm trying to figure out how to get saved, right, there are groups that, again, they'll tell you, you need to come sit down with us and we'll instruct you how you can get saved. And we'll walk you through all these different steps. I love how that in Christianity, as you're witnessing the people, we'll just give somebody a gospel of John. You know what? Just go read this. Right. You go read this. The scriptures are able to make you wise. I can share the gospel with you. I can share the gospel. I can preach the gospel. I can teach the gospel. When I, and I should. But I also believe that someone can just take the Bible, read it and get saved. They can just take just take this book. Read this book right here. If you read this book and believe it, you'll be saved. Um, it, everything you need to know is right here in this book. And so the scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation. And so we, we do need to spend time in the word of God. This is the book of this is the book of God. You guys, this is God says, I, I'm going to I want to make sure that for every generation, my people know they know how to know me. They know how to relate to me. They know how to be saved by me. They're prepared to meet me. They know that I'm coming back. And so God put it all together in a book. We call it the Bible. Um, There's no book like this book in the world. There's no other religious writing that has accurately foretold the future thousands of times. Bible's the only book. Um, The other religious groups that have attempted to foretell the future prove that they were not from God. I spent time yesterday ministering to someone about Jehovah's Witnesses. And I I had to I I sent him a copy of every time they said the Lord's coming back this year when he didn't come back. And so I'm like, look, this is their organization. They said he was coming back here and he was coming back here and he's coming back here. And then they said, well, those were all wrong because the leadership was wrong. But their organization has been wrong consistently. The Watchtower Organ. So I said, so you can't roll with that. So the God, Jesus said this. I tell you these things before they happen. that when they do come to pass, you will know that I am he. You'll know that I'm God. And so God said, I tell you the future. Then when the future that I tell you is going to happen, happens, you ought to know that I'm God. It should be a, it should, it should reveal to you that, that I am who the Bible says that I am. And so it's the only book, you guys. Uh, the Bible is the only religious writing that non-believers look to. Um, the, the people that do geography and they do digs in different parts of the world and they're trying to figure out where this thing happened in history and they're digging and excavating um what's the what's national what's that magazine 
National Geographic, right? They're on, they went on record saying that they found the Bible to be accurate about geography, where it says things took place. They'll, they're non-believers, atheist scientists, but they'll go to the Bible to find out where it says this happened, and they'll go dig it up, and what do you know? It's right there. Um, but because the Bible hasn't been changed with all the years of scrutiny and all the people that are against it, you would think they would find all these holes in it, but they haven't found holes. All they do is find it to be more accurate and more accurate and more accurate. I was blessed to go to Israel one year and everywhere in Israel you went, they're digging and excavating, finding things. And as you go through there, it's like, is, is, have they ever found something to disagree with the Bibles? No, they haven't. N- never, there's never been a legitimate archaeology, archaeologist discovery that disproves what the Bible says just proves it, proves it, proves it, proves it. The stuff that the Bible said would happen future, the stuff that used to be laughable, the stuff that people used to scoff at today, all those things are a real possibility. They, they laughed at, at, a, at a time when the Bible says there's going to come a time on earth where the whole world is going to view at the very same time these things happen in Israel. And there was a time where people said, that's crazy. How are we going to all see it at the same time? And then with the, 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 the you know, satellite TV and all that, now it's like, what? Ah. We see everything. I mean, I, I see everything happening everywhere already. Um, not no longer laughable anymore. People are going to buy and sell with a mark on the Bible's fairy tales. How you going to buy and sell with a mark on your head? Crazy. But y'all know they doing it, right? It's happening. There's companies. I just saw a thing uh, last week. There's a company where, you know, when you go to some jobs, you got to, you know, you got to swipe to use the door and swipe to use. This company is offering the option of an implant and they just implant a thing and you can just go to the door and put your wrist down and just start going in. It's like, so that technology is here. Y'all got dogs with chips. He might got a dog with a chip. If you lose Fluffy and somebody find them, they just scan them. Skip. Your, your number and information comes up and you get Fluffy back. Um, they're putting it into your dog. So that, techno- that technology is no longer laughable. Everything that God said would happen, people just start back and say, wow, it's, it's either happened or is happening or I could very much see it happening at this point. Nothing's laughable anymore. There is no other book like this, you guys. And so we want to study it, right? I want to I know, if I want to know God, in time in his book because this is where God has revealed himself to us. It says in John 1 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then later on in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right? If I want to get to know Jesus better, I got to spend time in this Word because this is where he's revealed himself to us. So when you spend time in the Word, this is what will happen. Anybody spend enough time with somebody else, some of you married couples, you kind of start to know each other, you know? I've been married, it'll be, for me and my wife, it'll be 18 years in, in, uh, in May, Ooh, in May. So in, in this amount of time, we, we know each other. I know her, she know me, and, you know, she'll know, watch, I bet you, she'll tell my kids, I bet when your dad sees he's going to do this. And then I'll do it, and they start laughing, what you laughing at? Mom said that's exactly what she was going to do. Well, you know, and it's like, we just, we just know each other. We know each other's little, little idiot, just little things you do. She knows me, I know her, just that amount of time spent. The amount of time you spend in the word, you'll know the Lord like that. And it'll be in your mind. Uh, I know I know this would bless the Lord if I did that. Why? Because I read that one verse that said he, this is what he would want. So I'm going to do it. And it'll just be in your mind. It's, it's an amazing thing when the word of God is sown in our hearts and sown in our minds. How that now my thoughts are in tune with him. I'm, I'm connected in a greater way to God. I know him. I know what he would want. I know he would not want me to do that. I know that this would glorify him. I know that this would please him. This would bless his heart. I know because I know his book has been revealed in his word. If you don't spend much time here, you could go through this life and it's like, I, I, I know God, I love God, but I know him very lightly. You know, I know him like that kid I see at school once a week. Some people, that's how, that's how they know God. Somebody that you see in a once a week occasion. 
You know, how much can you know about someone you see once a week? You've been listening to A Transforming Word as Pastor Bill Buffington has moved into 2 Timothy. This is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a young preacher that he has trained in the gospel. Paul's life was characterized by suffering as he went through the world preaching the gospel to hostile crowds, and he didn't want Timothy to lose heart because of it. In 2 Timothy 1.13, he reminds the young pastor, Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus, by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the good deposit entrusted to you. Have you ever seen a believer you respect suffer at the hands of others? Maybe unbelievers or even Christian leadership. How did you feel? Were you tempted to lay low? Or did you guard the good deposit you have been given? We're so glad you're here today on A Transforming Word. This program is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. We believe that life is done better in community, and we'd love to have you be a part of ours. We're located in Inglewood, California. If you're in the area, we would love to see you this coming Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. or on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can find all the information you need at calvaryinglewood.org. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, poke around a bit and discover everything we have for you. Thanks for being here today. We've come to the end of our time together, but we'll be back again next time, and we hope you'll be too for a transforming word.